happen. Father, get instructions for the coming week. Actually, for this day, the rest of this day. It's so important that we meet with you, Father, regularly. Only then can we see growth. Every Only then can we keep our ears inclined to your word and understand and get instruction. You are yet speaking to your people. And we need you at all times. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today we're going to talk about the prophetic prescription. Amen. Say that seven times real fast. (laughs) Prophetic prescription. (laughs) So praise God. Uh, But uh, we do um, need prescriptions for what ails us. Amen. In the natural we get them I know many times we want to use the word to fight them off sometimes that's successful for us but then there's the rare occasion where we may need to see a doctor we may need to uh, get attention to alleviate suffering you know there's some things where if there's pain involved and you rebuke the pain and you can keep it going keep it moving that's wonderful because your faith is carrying you uh, in divine health but there are times maybe when you're, you're kind of overwhelmed with it or you don't jump on it as we say fast enough or uh, we might tolerate some symptoms they tend to linger and so everybody at some point in their life will experience this and if you don't experience it as a believer brother Hagen is one of those people we can look to and say uh, it is possible <laughs> to walk in divine health and he had total confidence in what he preached because uh, he knew that he was a dead man had it not been for God teaching him how to receive his healing by faith. And so he continued to walk in that. And so we, we want to use our faith and develop our faith. But there are times where you uh, will get a prescription for something. And uh, you know you know sometimes I, I'm, one of the things that I don't like is a toothache. I haven't had one in many, many years, which is a blessing. Uh, but uh, I can remember... Uh, trying to use my faith uh, for for a, a tooth and, and God told me he said I said God I don't want to go to the dentist he just told me one day he said well the dentist has got to eat two bars so I went turned myself in but those things are, are part of life sometimes you know not a normal part of life or regular part of life but it happens from time to time so you need to understand that there are spiritual prescriptions as well and they come through uh, prophecy uh, a prescription is instruction written we're talking about a natural or medical prescription a prescription is instruction written by a medical professional that authorizes a patient to prov- be provided a medicine or treatment or remedy for victory over disease or distress so I'll say that again because there are some elements of this that will apply to our spiritual situations is why I'm using it as an example because it's a common example but it's instructions written by a medical professional so this person must be a professional in order for it to be effective that authorizes a patient to be provided a medicine or a treatment or a remedy for victory over disease or symptoms. So in that prescription is authority, is wisdom, 
and, and mastery of knowledge and also the treatment or the, the result or outcome that is desired. So any prophetic prescription then will be one that's given by one of God's authorities, a prophet who is God's authority, that authorizes you to carry out certain steps or elements so that you can get effective victory in whatever situation it is that you're facing. A prescription is also a recommendation that is authoritatively put forward. So when it says recommendation here in the natural, it just means that you must uh, accept it in order for it to work for you. It's like anything you get from God. You must accept the truth of it and accept the conditions and follow through in order for it to work for you. So it's a recommendation that is authoritatively put forward. It's also an official written order for effective treatment for success over disease or an ailment. So prescriptions are official and they're written orders. Just like God's word is an official written order that lays out the conditions for his covenant blessings. Amen. So we are authorized now to proceed with this prescription. And if we follow it, we will get success over certain things. Now, the... uh, 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 Elements of a prescription, number one, are it includes instructions. So there is a something we must do. It gives a detail of what you must do. That's what instructions are. The outcome is what will happen and desired result. You notice on a written medical prescription, there is no outcome stated. So the outcome is always in question. But in God's prophetic prescription, the outcome is stated. God is not sending you out here to just follow some instructions and maybe they work and maybe they don't. Because we all know that there are times when you will take a medication and it doesn't work for you. And you must go back and they have to give you different instructions and keep trying something to see if it will work for you. So in that sense the word prescription is not really accurate when it talks about what God is doing. Amen. Because when God is doing something the outcome is guaranteed. Got me? So God's prophetic prescription guarantees a victorious outcome. It's not just try it and see if it works. And I think many times when we hear prophecy, we either don't follow instructions or don't look for instructions involved in it. And we don't really follow to see if it comes to pass. And so we treat it like a man's (laughs) instruction. Amen. So man's prescription, there's no guaranteed outcome. Prophetic prescription, the outcome's guaranteed. 
You just have to have enough faith to follow it. And don't give up. Just continue to follow it. And follow it and follow it and follow it. And you will get your guaranteed result. Your result is guaranteed when you follow God's prophetic prescription. Amen. When the prophetic word goes forth, God begins to mobilize things in the heavenlies to carry out that word. So God's already set up what needs to be set up for you. It's almost like a... a, 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 a say like an outfit Uh, it's laid out for you all you got to do is put it on so God is not looking for you to invent something or to you know when you get a prophecy you don't have to do anything but believe it pretty much and and just be willing to do your part and ask God to to get you in position to do your part or do uh, you know get your timing correct or say God I, I don't want to miss this I want to make sure that I'm in position to accurately carry out my end of it so that I can be successful you got dialogue with God about these things you know when you when you get a prophecy from God you know there's a prescription that we have to have to follow through Uh, there may be prophecies that will tell you that God is going to do so and so and such and such and all you have to do is do like Mary she said let it be unto me according to your word in fact I think we need to do that with all prophecies that we get from God well God uh, let, let this happen for me I receive this let this be unto me according to your word don't just leave it out there because the minute God God speaks that word to you he's already got things set up for you for your success I wish we'd understand that Um, turn to um, I'll show that to you in uh, 2nd Kings chapter 6 and verse Start in, uh, you start in verse 8. The king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in a certain place. So he tells his officers, gives them instruction. It says, the man of God sent word to the king of Israel saying, beware of passing that certain place because the Arameans are going down there so the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God it's important if you have a prophet in your life understand what they're there for they're not there just to give you suggestions these are just maybe this will work go try this tell me what what you get when you no 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 God's word is sure this word sure you know I always would warn people I said don't treat what I tell you like you do your girlfriends you got me it ain't the same it's coming from an official authority I like we said prescription a medical professional that authorizes the patient to be provided you know you don't take a prescription to the, the CVS and they say we don't know who this doctor is we can't feel this you got me he's authorized to do what he's doing well, you know, you have to be careful about how you, you view things. You know, you can't be casual about everything. 
So he says here, you know, trying to check and see if it sounds good to you and if you think it's going to work. You, you know, that's not faith. That, to forget that. And so he says he found out time and again. This happened over and over and over again. So Elisha is pretty, pretty validated. He's, he's an official guy. His words come to pass. You got me? And he says time and again Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Well this enraged the king of Aram. So he summoned his officers and demanded them which of you is a snitch? Which one of you guys, listen, when you threaten people like that, do you get the truth out of them? So none of us, my lord, the king said one of his officials. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. So if he knew this, <laughs> well, he keeps it, well, he probably figured it out after a while. You understand? Besides which, there's nothing they can do to stop this from happening. You got me? What God knows, he will help his people with. You got me? If, if there's a knowledge that can come to you that's going to help you win a battle, God will enlighten you as to what that is. All you got to do is keep your ear to God's floor so you can hear what he's saying to you and so he says uh, he said go find out where he is the king ordered so I can send men and capture him the report came back he is in Dothan then he said horses and chariots and a strong force there they went by night and surrounded the city so they're taking Elisha by surprise when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the whole city now it's just them them sitting up there and all these people coming to get them oh no my lord what shall we do the servant who can't see in the spirit but is being trained to do so asks see if you pay attention when you're supposed to pay attention you'll learn some things (laughs) but if you don't pay attention you won't learn anything it's interesting I was uh, we were we we had the uh we had the healing school we had a number of people catching and sometimes when I'm around catchers I'll take time to explain certain things that are going on you know with people and I went to, t- to share something with somebody that I noticed they weren't a part of the ministry and I, God stopped me you got me why would you impart something that somebody's not going to pay attention to and it's not going to make the investment to continue to learn you got me when you work around servants of God stay in the spirit start paying attention to there's certain things that you will learn just even working in the pulpit you don't have to be the minister that's how you get to be the minister is you keep your eyes and ears open so you can understand how this stuff works and so it it was kind of interesting to me and I stopped myself and I asked him I said how committed are you are to learning the healing ministry I'm very committed I said well pray about it and get back to me and let me know what you decide I said God wants me to help you I've yet to hear from that person see most people you don't that's why I don't waste my time with a lot of outside people hello if you're here 
you're here to learn if you're not here I can't drag you in here and make you learn something even people who are here have paying attention sometimes you understand what I'm saying but that's the price of being a servant of God most people won't pay enough attention to try and get more than just you know enough to help themselves that's just true and many times we miss <laughs> what we need for us you know what I'm saying just half engaged need to stay all the way engaged so this servant gets shocked maybe he's faithful maybe he's in the spirit most of the time but this time he fell totally out why because of natural circumstances natural circumstances if you're a spiritual person should drive you deeper into the spirit to get an answer not pull you out and get scared of what you see in the natural Hmm. So the man of God tells him, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. The servants are going, what those? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Uh, what those you talking about? And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord. Man, please, God, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. All he's got is chariots with people in them. God's got chariots of fire. Amen. <laughs> to burn up the peoples if they need to. Uh, and he says, as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this enemy with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of the men so they can see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? You notice the, the order of authority here. The king is submitted to the prophet in this area. That doesn't mean he submitted in everything, but in the area of getting information from God, he's submitted. Got me? And he says, don't kill them. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and go back to their masters. So he prepared a great feast for them. After they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding that's all you want you just want that result you don't care how you get it you can get it killing people or you can get it with the supernatural of God and shock them back into being glad they're alive and won't come back no more amen that's what you want you want them devils not coming back to bug you no more amen so that's why you have to follow God's prophetic prescription for how to get victory over every aspect everything that goes on so when the prophetic word goes forth things begin to line up in the heavenlies to carry out that word you got to believe that and you just got proof of it right all that is needed 
is the prescription being carried out by the one seeking the cure. So all you got to do is do your part of the prescription and trust God to do. He's trustworthy. You just got to put your confidence in him. Amen. So you got to trust that God is there if you will do your part. And, and God is there and he will carry out the victory at the appointed time. Sometimes it's not time for it all right then. But God will give you a peace when you step into that arena of obedience to him. He will give you a peace about it. So when you take a prescription to the drugstore, you expect it to be filled. Don't you? All they want is their money for them pills. And you got the money or you got a whatever discount card or deductible or where you pay your deductible and, and you know and that's it. So when you receive prophetic instruction from God we must expect him to do what he says. You've got to believe. You've got to expect. The order must be filled when you pro- follow the prescription. Amen. When you, when you go to get that prescription filled that order must be filled. Amen. So how to receive prophetic prescription. First of all you must pray. Seek God. Fast. Inquire of the prophet. Whatever it is that God tells you to do. You have to initiate getting the prescription. Just like if you want a prescription from the doctor. You got to go to his office. Man, you got to uh, get make an appointment, or you know, if you go to emergency room or urgent care, they got all kind of places where you can walk in and get get help. Pastor Shirley was telling me about the place. He said they call it Minute Clinic. I said Minute Clinic. She said, yeah, one of the pharmacies or something. You can go in there. She said, yeah, you know, like when you know you need a, a bladder pill or something like that, you go to Minute Clinic or something, so you could just pop in there, or people go in there when they. They have colds and flu and stuff like that. So you don't have to, you know, just because doctors take some of them a couple months to get an appointment or something like that. They just are slow. I can remember they used to, family doctors would uh, have office hours and you just walk in, take a number and sit. And he stayed until he saw everybody. He didn't even need an appointment. And they saw like... 20, 30 patients in, in one one day. You know, they have four exam rooms and people lined up in each room. And it might have taken you two hours to get in and get out. But, you know, they just saw a lot of people. And they didn't do a lot of this stuff that's being done now. Uh, you know, they're all afraid of being sued. So they give you a million and one tests, you know. And doctors used to do a lot of things by um, examination and in 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 deduction and reasoning and intuition many times you know they'll they'll they can could most of them carried a file in their brains about the statistics of something you know usually it's this illness and it's not that 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 and that and so they didn't go for thinking it would be outside of the realm of the norm and they were usually pretty accurate you know they tried a couple of drugs that this not work we got this other one we try and blah this blah it was very simple and nowadays it's complicated by litigation lawsuits and a lot of stuff they take because they want to have it on file. They took this test in case you sue them. And we pay for it. And so that's why health care is too expensive. So but they need to go back to simple things, you know, where you took the 
<laughs> it's a doctor, doctor sack of potatoes to pay your bill. <laughs> Family be eating potatoes for a month. Oh yeah, somebody paid their bill in potatoes this month. Whatever, you know. I mean, it's just very simple, very simple. But anyway, but I think that's better than seeing them quit practice because it's too expensive. A lot of them can't even afford to be in or stay in practice now. It's just too costly. So, but and that's another story. But anyway. The how to receive your prophetic prescription. You have to put a request out there to God. Pray and seek God and fast. Inquire of the prophet if you need to. If you want a prescription from the doctor, you must go to his office. So you've got to show up in faith and asking for what it is you need. Asking for help. So a prophetic prescription, uh, uh, I'll share this one with you from Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. It's a very uh, familiar story. Uh, let me see. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 20. This one is actually, um, this prescription comes uh, through the process of obeying another prescription, prophetic prescription, that was given to the people of God. Uh, the one that we are, is very familiar to us, Second Chronicles 7.14. Remember that one that we always use? Uh, I'll just go back to that one. We do that one first and then we'll do this one. This is a prescription that was given to King Solomon at the dedication of the temple of God. Verse 11, when Solomon had finished the temple of God and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own place, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices so that when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or I command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. In other words, this isn't my final answer. When things go bad, that's not my final answer. When things go bad, it's because you've stepped out of my will some kind of way and I want you back in my will. God prefers not to punish people. He prefers to help us to line up so that we can be blessed. He wants us to line up in obedience so that he can bless us and he can cease the punishment phase. So he says if you get to a place where your blessings dry up and there's plague, there's famine, there's all kinds of things going wrong so that your life isn't comfortable anymore. Your life isn't blessed. You don't have what you need. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Don't go no place else but to me. It's amazing. People run here, there, and everywhere trying to get an answer and not seek the face of God. 
He said, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Oh, you mean I'm doing something wrong? How could I be wrong? I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and fire baptized. <laughs> you also naughty too. You do both. You got me? We do both real easy. He says, and, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven. So here's the prescription. This one was given to King Solomon when the temple was first dedicated. And I think it's appropriate to notice that they were in a place of rejoicing and they were in a place of blessing and excitement. And God hits them with this. Because God wants us to be fully equipped. Suppose God hadn't given them instruction for what to do in case things go off the rails. They would have walked away from the temple, assumed God was mad at them forever, and there's nothing he was going to do for them. So God always gives you a way back to him. He lets you know it's not going to be good like this all the time. But there is a way back for him. So the prescription given to King Solomon at that time was they would humble themselves. To the Israelite it was fasting as well as prayer. And I think that's appropriate whenever you get to a place where you can't really get an answer. You can't really get a breakthrough. Just put the burger down, Barb. (laughs) Put the hamburger down. I need to talk to you. I said, oh, excuse me. Don't talk with your mouth full. But anywho, I get the message. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. He says, they will humble themselves and pray. Seek my face, turn from there. So these are the the prophetic instructions. That's your prescription for getting what you need from God. He said, I'll hear from heaven. It's amazing. Some people will just quit eating and stay on the phone gossiping with people all the time. Or look to get in somebody else's problems in their business. Or, or you know, uh, start accusing, can't get something out of their mind that somebody did wrong to them. You've got to stop that stuff. You turn from your wicked ways. He's got to work through you. He says, I will forgive their sin. I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. He says, my eyes are always open and attentive to the prayers offered in this place because I've chosen and consecrated this temple I love that because that's us God's ears are attentive and open to us because he's consecrated us how with his Holy Spirit by the power of the blood of Jesus he has washed us cleansed us redeemed us and he has chosen to dwell in this temple There's nothing you can do to clean this temple out. I hear people saying crazy stuff like that. Are you kidding me? You mean to tell me Jesus died and and suffered the way he did and now you think you can cleanse this temple? (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) Oh, you, you, you know, say, oh, you know, he he can't smoke, he can't do it. Well, you better tell God about it then. Let him cleanse the temple. You got me? He knows how to clean it better than anybody does. We let so many foolish things hinder our prayers. And he says he wants his name to be in us forever. The name of Jesus with all its power and authority. 
is resting in the people of God resting in our church and the authority of his name he says my eyes and my heart will always be there so his eyes and his heart are always going to be inside of us helping us keeping us in consecrated to himself amen we get messed up and get defiled the holy spirit will shake us up and say "Mm, don't do that now that's not right talk to your father about that get that straightened out so that we can we can roll you know and so he's always there to help us to stay in the will of God so the other uh, scripture we'll go to our our main scripture now in second chronicles chapter 20 and this is the battle with King Jehoshaphat in the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, I think Jehoshaphat was king of was he king of Judah or Israel I always get them mixed up he was king of Judah and so Ahab was in Israel now I remember at the same time so Judah is the you know after David King David died the the kingdoms were split they were never in unity anymore Israel was separated from Judah and so uh, in verse 20 chapter 20 verse 1 it says after this the Moabites the Ammonites with some of the Minuites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat so he's got three kingdoms lined up against him and so of course somebody's going to always bring you bad news when you're in charge people seem to think you don't need to be encouraged they always want to give you problems so here we go with some bad news they told him a vast army is coming against you from Edom from the other side of the Dead Sea it's already in Hazion Tamar that is in Gedi alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord what do you do when you're alarmed mm-hmm. alarmed he decided to inquire of the Lord first smart thing that he did there why because he remembers the prophetic prescription from King Solomon's time now he is about four generations removed from Solomon but he understands the instructions being handed down from generation to generation to generation it it referred to the people of Israel wherever they were in whatever time there is no there's no expiration date on God's promises there's no expiration date on his instruction to get the promises so if the prescription was valid back then they don't expire not like prescriptions we have in the natural they all expire you know you might uh, have pain every 10 years or something you find that old bottle of pills and you think oh boy I don't think I can take them take them see what they do they're not poison after they (laughs) people think they turn into poison when they get certain you know I remember well even now you know the the girls started learning how to read oh man I liked it better when they show you some letters and say, what's that say? You could tell them anything. <laughs> it says it's good. Go drink it. Get out of here. But you know what I'm saying. But but uh, they, they can read now. They want to read everything, tell you how to live. So the, the doomsday comes when they can read the expiration dates or the sell-by date on the product. 
No. If you couldn't read that, and then they think something drastic is going to happen. Well, if I drink that, I'll drop dead. No, put it up to your nose and you won't drink it. And you have that much sense. You know what I'm saying? If it's not good for you, then I'll go really mess their heads up and I'll go and get like some sour cream or buttermilk or something. I say, you know what this is? Yeah, it's, it's sour cream. I said, same thing that stuff is. I said, but, you know, you don't know that. Whatever. I don't know. But you know, you can't, whatever, let them be scared. Let them tell you what to do. But I'll drink it sometimes right in front. Ooh, bye-bye. All right. Go get a little life. I said, wait until you got to buy all the milk and see what you do. (laughs) You start testing it then. It comes out of your little paycheck. (laughs) So they eventually get the, you know, they'll get up against a hard place. They'll have some, some Milk in the refrigerator wants cereal. What are you going to do? Huh? <laughs> use your nose or you're going to use the date. But anyway, everything expires, naturally speaking. But things of the spirit have no expiration date. Why? Because they're activated by spiritual things. They're not activated by time. They're activated by faith. Whenever faith comes to you, it's time. <laughs> huh? It goes off on the inside of you. Is this is what's to do? That's faith telling you it's time. You can do this. It's time. Go forward. It's time. Move. Or be like the uh, the uh, leper sitting outside the gate of Samaria. Why sit we here until we die? We have no choice. And so many times God will help you by giving you no choice. I said He will help you by giving you no choice. <laughs> and when doctors say they can't do any more for you sometimes that's a good thing force you to trust God some people don't trust until they're forced you got options you can always put that off put off trusting God for another day if you have no options you got to trust him amen you have to trust him so it says here in, in chapter uh, 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 uh Chapter 20 and verse 2, he gets this bad news. And alarmed, verse 3, he resolved to inquire of you what it means to be resolved to inquire of the Lord. That means no plan B, no option A, no second choice. No, I'm going to do this first and if this don't work, then I'll come back and ask God. He resolved he didn't want any other answers. He didn't want any other help. Don't nobody come and tell me nothing they think is going to work. I'm going to ask God. And that's the best way to be. Once God speaks to you though, you must be committed to follow the prescription. You can't just up and say, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know if this sounds right. You know, what do you know about right or wrong? You don't know what's lined up in the heavenlies to help you. And you don't know what you really got to face as far as spiritual warfare is concerned. So you must trust God. So he says uh, in verse 4, it says he, in verse 3, he resolved to inquire of the Lord and proclaimed a fast for all Judah. That's what it means when it says to humble yourself and pray. People humble themselves by fasting. When you, when you're, Eating what you like, 
you're you're feeding your carnal frame. You're indulging yourself. God says, humble yourself. You know, even if you have to get it busted down to bread and water, busted down to just basic things and skip a meal or something like that. I was, I was listening to, uh, um, uh, I think it was Charlene Cares, the Stop Divorce Ministry. Yeah, and so uh, she always talks about she got this. Uh, her marriage was reconciled, family brought back together. Her husband had left her, started living with other woman, all this kind of crazy stuff. And God started speaking to her to fast and pray. And I thought to myself, I said, Oh gosh! And on the minute they throw the fast in there, you think. I'm out of the game, yeah. Of course, you say that in your carnal mind, you know, in your spiritual mind, you know, you can do it. But in your carnal frame, you think, oh, gosh, what did this lady do? And, you know, she's, you know, a living skeleton by the time Bob came home. And she, when she was saying, are you willing to fast one meal a week? I said, are you kidding me? You got that result skipping a meal a week? Sign me up. You got me? Our minds always exaggerate the impact of things that we have to do without in order to hear from God. The other part too is that many times you don't have an appetite to eat when God calls a fast. Now I've noticed that about myself. I'll know what I need to do and then all of a sudden I can put off eating forever. You understand what I'm saying? It's like you get in a zone where it's not important to you and you don't have an inclination to do it. It, It's helpful. When God calls a fast, he's going to help you do that. You got me? So it says here, he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. That's one way to get people on one accord, get everybody in the same trouble. And he says, indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek the Lord. So here you have a move of God. When you see all these people coming together, oh, God's helping them. It's not like, oh, man, I got an appointment. Oh, I got tickets to go see the so-and-so and the such-and-such. Well, I got dinner reservations. Everything's on hold and everybody's on hold. When it's God, when the when the king made up his mind to seek him, that gave God the authority to pull everything else in line in order with that so they could get victory. So you get a lot of help from God, folks. You're not just struggling against your, your plate and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's not a big deal. Once the king... Purposed in his heart, he made up his mind and he said, this I'm going to do. I'm going to inquire of God because he's our only help. And he said that and, and that allowed God to pull everybody under his authority and pull everybody on one accord. And so he says they came from every town. Then Jehoshaphat in verse 5 stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said this Lord the God of our ancestors are you not God who is in heaven God you're the God who sits in heaven in other words you can observe the whole earth 
make sure you make your God bigger than your situation. So that's the rule number one. If you don't see God bigger than your situation, you'll never get, you'll never trust his help. If you think your problem is bigger than your God is, and maybe you need to skip some more meals. And if you see your problem is too big, just keep skipping meals until it gets proper. Until you get your right perspective. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to. Your faith has got to be in a God that can do this. That is bigger than everything that you're facing. <clears throat> Here we have a bunch of people with a great need. The need drew many of them. And God pulled the rest of them in with his power. Whenever you exalt God, you make him bigger than your situation. You just notice that if you notice yourself when you worship God and when you exalt him, you you get the the impression that God can do anything. When you start to magnify God, you're not just saying words or something you memorized or something to sound spiritual. You're calling on the right God. You want to get the right one involved. You don't want a lesser God involved in your situation. You want the God of the whole universe involved. And you want God, you want to know He's the covenant God. He says the God of our ancestors. That means it's not, I'm not just coming to you on my behalf. that takes a whole lot of pressure off of you if you know what I know if you know for a fact that God promised this to your ancestors to my great grandmother who was a Christian to my grandmother who was a Christian to the nation of Israel who served you to all of the people that have gone before me I know I have a right to be in your presence requesting these things from you not because of who I am but because of what you promised people in my situation throughout the ages and you take the pressure off you to be good, to do everything right, to be worthy, to be whatever. Take the pressure off yourself. Or you'll never move to, to getting picking up the prescription, you know. God, you promised to see us. Because your word, I'm included in your covenant. I'm adopted. I cry, Abba, Father. I know who my daddy is. I come to you all the time. And I'm coming to you again. And he said, Lord God of our ancestors, you are the God, aren't you the God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms and nations. So you're in charge of them bad people over there too, God. You rule over them. Now they're up in our face telling us that they're going to take this place over and you gave it to us. Huh? So you pour out everything that you're concerned about. Amen. It said when he heard that, that news, he was dismayed. When he heard the bad news, he was dismayed. But he purposed in his heart, he resolved. Amen. He resolved to seek the Lord. And that's what he's doing. He didn't go off and hear about another country that could probably come alongside them and help them. He wasn't looking for that. He was looking for God to get instructions from God. And he says, uh, our God, <clears throat> he says, you rule over all the kingdoms and nations. Power and might are in your hand. And nobody can withstand you. 
So when you dial that number, you've got the God who can help you. You've got to make sure that you you get in touch with God and you're not in touch with your thoughts. Or you're not in touch with some errant word that would come to you from the devil who knows you're scared. And see if you don't deal with that fear and you don't get yourself over into the spirit and talk to God. Make sure you know you're talking to him. You're going to wind up with with the wrong answer. So the fasting takes care of that. It gets rid of all of that interference that can come to you from thoughts of of fear that thoughts that fear you ever notice that fear will give you a quick answer that never works you go and try it and it never works because you haven't dialed the right number when you dial the right number and talk to the God who's got power to do that and you know you have a right to ask him because he promised it to your ancestors and you're just following in line with what you've been instructed to do don't ever ask him to answer you because you've been good don't ever get it inside of yourself that you didn't do anything wrong and, and you got a right to expect good to happen to you People make that mistake all the time, and they're they're always <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was nice to them, and they treated me mean. I could just laugh, I could laugh my head off. You know, I don't do it in front of people, but I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You still believe that fairy tale? I did. I didn't do anything wrong to them. So what? What does that have to do with anything? It's called witchcraft. If you want to know the truth, that's not God's law. He says you'll go have trouble in this world. Listen, uh, Judas worked for Jesus. You think you won't be around people who treat you bad? I got news for you. And people will be treating you good and you'll think it's bad. Because <laughs> we crazy sometimes. You know, not always perceive things the right way. Yeah, you just, let's just simmer down here. Instead of you having to work so hard to be so nice to everybody so you can have a nice life, why don't you just go serve God? Amen. He'll cause even your enemies to be at peace with you. So that takes care of the whole enchilada. People leave churches because they think everybody's mean to them. The same familiar devil travels from with them from church to church to church, tells them the same lie about everybody. You don't have any church hurt. There's no such thing as church hurt. I hear people say, oh, some people are suffering from church hurt. Listen, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ won't hurt you. They'll help you and they'll heal you. It's that thought you take with you from place to place that's hurting you. I know you never hear people like that say, I wonder what it is that I'm doing that keeps me getting in the same spot all the time. That's the obvious answer to me. But oh no. That that might solve the problem. You know, this way you can keep limping from church to church blaming people. It says, Lord God of our ancestors, you are not are you not the God in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms and I mean this is a good prayer, folks. This will help you get your mind cleared about God's power. This will help you locate the right God and expect a powerful answer. 
you expect an answer when you start addressing God like this. You know, and people say Almighty God like it's, you know, his first name or something. That describes what he can do. You know, you want to get to God, just describe what he can do. God who helps me against my enemies. God who fights those who fight me. God who will never leave me or forsake me and cause me to triumph always in Christ Jesus. Come on now. You you know how to call God. You're calling him when you address him like that. And he says, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before you gave it to us? In other words, God, you run out of people out of town before. Uh, we saw you do it back in the day. And we want you to do it again. And same people back again. Did you evict them already? We expect them to stay evicted. They want back in. This is typical of the devil's activity. Once he's expelled, he wants back in. Didn't Jesus say that? When you cast them out, they go in a dry place and they be the past trying to get back again so you got to double lock it double guard it and that was probably Israel's sin they didn't they weren't watchful over the enemy to protect what God had given them that's why sometimes we're slow in getting answers because we don't build up enough in us to understand enough wisdom to understand the devil wants to come right back again and take it away from us if he can if we let him and we let him sometimes by just letting our guard down so we remind God of his promises we recall what he has done for us in the past it's a good way to get yourself built up in the spirit of God. Think about what he's done for you in the past. Sometimes we need to keep diaries and write these things down and refer back to them. In times of, of conflict and all of that kind of stuff. Go back and see what he did. And it, that's what David did. That's all you do. You're encouraging yourself in the Lord. If he did it once, he'll do it again. Why do we doubt We doubt because we don't rehearse enough good things in our ears about God. That's why the devil's gone to making up fake news to tell you things they want you to believe to keep you alarmed, to keep you on edge, to keep you stirred up and expecting not good things. And so if you can reverse that and stay in your word, keep expecting the good things that God has for us. And God will see you through. He will always see you through. So he he says you're God of heaven. Uh, you drove these people out before your people Israel gave it to us forever. To the descendants of Abraham your friend. So you got to know that you have an everlasting covenant with God. You got to know that God doesn't give things and take them back. Huh? God this is my husband. The woman down the street thinks she can come over here and flirt with him. You gave me this man. My basic lump of clay with a remote control in his hand at all times. (laughs) Like Al Bundy. I always think about him. (laughs) Al and Peg Bundy. Remember Bundy? Remember them? Whatever their names were. He said, so he said, I have, he says, you've given it to your friend Abraham. In other words, you and me might not be so tight right now. I know I've done some stuff you don't approve of, but you gave it to him. 
It's a promise you made to our ancestors. Yeah, I understand that. This is some that's an unbreakable covenant. You're in it because God promised it to somebody eons ago. That's how you got in it. You this didn't just start with you. And it's up to you to do everything right to keep it going. Get real. You promised it to our ancestor Abraham and he was your friend. He says they had lived in it and built it in it a sanctuary for your name. So we've done all this stuff Lord. We dedicated this to you. This belongs to you as much as it belongs to us. (laughs) And he says saying and here he quotes 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. This is what you said when we dedicated this temple to you. If calamity comes upon us, whether by the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name. This is your property, God. We dedicated it to you. Belongs to you. God, I'm your temple. I belong to you. Disease is trying to steal it. It, Disease is trying to rack this temple. Uh, They're trying to put me out on the street so that I don't have a roof over my head. They're doing this to your temple. And you told us. And we would cry out to you in our distress and you would hear us and save us. Not just hear us but hear us and save us. God is not having you come to him and pray in vain. And it's a maybe whether he will come to your rescue or not. He's doing this so you can be saved, folks. But now there are men from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade. Oh, now we got people we've been nice to treating us mean. (laughs) You told us not to kill them, God. Now they're up here in our face trying to kill us. What gives? Why did you make us spare them people so they can come and do us harm? Hmm? See, you get your vindication, but you got to get it at God. You're not treating people nice so they can treat you nice. And then you fall out with them because that don't happen. Who are you? Think about it. If God hadn't made this promise, this isn't, you know, it's not like you're new to the party and God sees you and likes you and gives you a covenant. Oh no. This is something that was started way before you. All you did was got smart enough to turn away from what was not working in your life and turn to the living God. And so God wants to see you prosper and flourish if for no other reason than but for that one. So he says, he says, if calamity comes upon us, that you will save us. And he said, now these men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt, so they and turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they're repaying us, God? They're repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Now, don't take this and expand it beyond where it goes. You got me? Don't think that just because 
you've never treated somebody uh, mean or been impolite to them or something like that that God's going to kill them because they were mean to you now come on now what's at stake here in fact God's already given you instruction how to straighten that out yeah you gotta forgive people. You can't go to everybody. You take everybody to. That's like the guy that, that Jesus saw. God turned him over to the tormentors. He found a guy that owed him a little bit and took him to court, and he had been forgiven a big debt. And God saw it and caught him and said, Your debt was huge. And I frankly forgave you the entire thing. You find a poor guy that's got owes you a little bit, you throw him in court, I'm turning you over to the tormentors. Huh? You you hold on to unforgiveness and see what happens to your life. See what happens to your brain. See what happens to your peace of mind. See what happens to your comfort. See what happens to your relationships. You know, everything will fall apart. You hold on to unforgiveness. You don't let you've been let out of a big jail and you put somebody in jail for doing a little infraction. And so you'll be tormented until you forgive. You know, there's room for you to, to get out of this, but you must forgive. And so God's given us remedy for that. But here these people that that God made an exception to his rule. Because his rule was when you go into war, you destroy those people. Don't let them stand before you. And I'm, you're well able to do it because I'll be with you. But in this case, God made an exception for these people. And they were spared by God. God, did you spare these people so they can come by later and destroy and take back this land that you've given us? God, you decide how you want. In other words... This is not our fight. And it's clear. This was a situation where God made the decision to spare these people. And they decided to, you know, once they got settled and got got a little bit of strength and got a little bit of, you know, got some buddies around the corner. They can, you know, they gang warfare. They come and gang up on Israel. And that's what they decided to do. To pay back God's kindness by destroying his people. Amen. You don't do that. When God's been kind to you, you're kind to his people. You bless his people. You help his people. Besides, they have a covenant where God says, I will fight those who fight you. You don't fight anybody. You come to me. It's like my 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 parents. If somebody, there were kids that were bigger than us, older than us. You know, we fought the kids on our level and down. You know, if they were bigger than us, you go to mom and daddy to get that straightened out. She didn't get crazy, man. So you you go to a higher authority when when the fight is too big for you. And he says, uh, he, <clears throat> he says here uh, they've come to to um, came out from Egypt. He says so they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how now they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. In other words, God gives you what He gives you so you can keep it. It's not temporary. Don't let anybody tell you it's temporary. 
if you lose it you need to go back to God and repent and say God I thought in my mind that if I lost this it was gone forever I want it back you got me I want my stuff back God I see right now that I can make mistakes and you don't hold it against me forever sometimes people buy it off more than they can chew you know we had a housing uh, in a financial crisis uh, right before 2010 tons of people lost property you know some of them are still ashamed and and don't want to go to God and say God get my property back it was a bad deal it was a bad deal worldwide do you know there were banks that folded in that collapse you think they're whining now trying to feel bad about it they've rebuilt already they <laughs> come back under another name huh? <laughs> they can go out of business in one name and come back in the same name later with a different charter number huh? if the name meant anything they can even hold on to that so anyway GM did it all the big three did it Goldman Sachs did it all the all the big corporations did that they had names that were synonymous with something good they said well we'll go bankrupt but we'll keep the name they go through whatever chapter they need to go through with the government and say we're dissolving under that we're coming back in the same name but a different charter and then saints will sit around feeling bad forever because they lost the house because they couldn't make the payments get real get real you have a blood covenant that erases all guilt blame shame whatever you want to have erased it erases that if you'll get under the protection of the covenant you won't get it out there trying to pretend like you didn't do anything wrong yeah you did wrong you bit off more than you could chew you got me repent what's easier what's what's so hard about that i get it saints boggle my mind sometimes i'm thinking you mean you have the ability to get a slate wiped clean and you won't confess it that's all you need to do is come clean before god and, and talk to him about it and you get a fresh start with new money new creditors new everything and you won't take it because you think you can't do anything wrong uh, I get news for you. Sometimes being saved means you make a whole lot more mistakes because you're trying to do something right for a change. You're not trying to just please yourself for a change. You're trying to please God. So it's been the Spirit of God. Uh, he, he says here, Oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power. Don't ever think you got something for the devil. Now you hear all these little quips and things, people slogans people pick up and oh you're a threat to the devil. I don't think so. It's not me, it's who's behind me and who's in me and who surrounds me. They ain't scared of me. The devil's never been scared of you. He's scared of no human being. He wasn't scared of Jesus when he walked the earth. He tried to trip him up. So let's just be real here, folks. You don't have to go outside of God's word to pump yourself up and make you feel powerful. You're not. But you know the one who is. And that's even better. You don't have to do a whole lot. All you have to do is trust in the one who can. It says, All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, an ordinary priest. 
wasn't a prophet even though there were prophets in the land at the time but he came on this priest as he stood in the assembly this guy was even a singer he wasn't even you know like in the line of Aaron like a high priest or something oh no he's a singer so he comes upon the descendant of Asaph as he stood in the assembly and he said listen King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem this is what the Lord says to you so here's your prophetic prescription you have to notice some things about a a prescription from God when you get a word from God that, that helps you remedy a situation it will contain certain elements number one it's not addressed to this is for somebody you got me so the little Facebook prophets and self named prophets on there this is for somebody God gave this to me and I know it's for you who you don't even know me put a name to it and maybe we'll listen he says here uh, he says this is all who live in Judah and Jerusalem so it's addressed to certain people the prescription has your name on it right that's what I thought this is what the Lord says to you do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army in other words God hits your problem on the head you notice he doesn't say y'all scared even though the implications there he said don't be that you have no reason to be afraid put the fear down now don't be the person who said I ain't scared the whole place is scared are you kidding me are you you looking at what's against you you're going to try to hide the fear no God says put it away what he does first is he reassures you to bring you to a place of peace the one thing about God's prescription it gives you peace as Joseph said to Pharaoh God will give you an answer of peace the wisdom that's from above is first what peaceable it first gives you peace God cannot talk to people who are walking across the ceiling and give them instruction he don't talk to nervous people he won't talk to you in fear you won't hear him so first and foremost you've got to have peace and he says don't be afraid or discouraged in the dumps get up out of that hole God wants to talk to you like somebody who expects an answer that's going to remedy your problem so there's no room for discouragement here you listen to me you know it's really really hard sometimes that's why you know it's best if you're trying to help somebody ask God to open the door don't just you know all the stuff you got to wait through when you come to the altar act like you're expecting to get an answer from God come up there and all the self-pity and you know you got to wait through all that to even get enough 
courage to speak to a person. Don't do that. Go expecting God to help you. Go expecting to come around the same way. I noticed that, you know, when people give their testimonies, I would sometimes just let them, <laughs> let the microphone go. Um, learn to stay close to the mic. You know, people come in some big pity devils. They'll kill every good spirit in there telling how bad their situation was. You know, just, we know, it's, uh, you know, pain is pain. It's different for everybody, but it still hurts. You've been healed now. So let's keep the pain story to a minimum and let's exalt the Lord. Talking about how bad the devil is does not exalt God. Let's get up there to where God can find you. Job laid in the bed for almost 40 chapters. God said get up and put some clothes on. Act like you have a God out here who can help you. Quit talking to your friends and whining about them. Arguing with them and being in strife with people. You imagine laying on a deathbed and arguing with people about religious matters? Talking about God and everybody talk to God. Talk to him. You expect him to answer? Talk to him. But you've got to array yourself like a man and demand of God and he will answer you. A lot of times we don't want to talk to God. We're always scared he's going to tell us to do something we can't do. Or give us some instruction that's going to be hard for us. If it's too hard for you, it's not for you. If you're in debt for $20,000 and God tells you to sow $10,000, that ain't for you. That's for somebody else. That's for a millionaire or something. But it's not your instruction. You don't have that. You don't have money to pay your bills. Hmm? You ever notice these people who tell you you get a blessing for a certain amount of money always keep it below like $50 or $100? Because they know you can scrap that up. And they can get their money. Y'all got me? They give you something to do that's easy for everybody to do. Of course they do. You think they're going to tell you to do something in three digits and they know you're probably in debt for that much? They'll give you something simple to do. Then we'll send you some oil or whatever it is or water or whatever it is we want, you know, and that'll get you out of your trouble. You better follow the prescription in the word. Turn that plate down so you can hear from God for real. With a quick, easy answer. It's easy to do. So he says here, he said, listen. He said, this is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Because of this vast army, the battle is not yours but God's. And this is the instruction, the rest of it. And to calm down, settle down, get in peace. God's talking. Tomorrow, you're going to march down against them. You always have to confront what you hate and what you fear. You have to confront what confronts you. You can't just say, uh, God send a, an angel and take care of this for me. It says, they will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the edge of the gorge in the desert Jeruel. You will not have to fight in this battle. Go stand against them. Just keep believing God. 
Take your stand on the word of God. You don't have to put yourself in jeopardy. Take up your position. Stand firm and see. Just you stand firm and look and see God deliver these people into your hands. Just see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid. Don't be. It tells them twice. Why? Because there's so much fear in the air. He's not just talking to hear himself talk. He's talking to something. He says, go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. So all you got to do is wait till you get instruction and then move. Don't move without your prescription. There's nothing to fill. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Jerusalem. Could you imagine something like that? All them people out there worshiping God. And some Levites and Kohathites and hey, stood up and praised the God, the king of Israel, a very loud voice. Did they have victory yet? I said, did they have victory yet? No, they had instruction. That's something to praise God for. <laughs> That's when you praise him. Is when you get his word. Because his word is as good as done. You don't have to see anything to get up and thank and praise God. It says early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out Jehoshaphat stood and said listen to me Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will prosper or be successful. It's another one of our key scriptures. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Uh, God's prophets, not these dime store people that always have word for everybody. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That was their victory song. You see it so many times over and over in the word of God. Amen. Praise God for his mercy endures. Give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They are calling on the God of mercy who has mercy forever. His mercy never changes. His mercy never runs out. That's who you call upon. And they began to sing and praise. The Lord said ambushments. As they began to sing and praise. The Lord said ambushments against them. As they began to sing and praise. They weren't out there standing up looking stupid. Being fearful and discouraged. The best way to keep that spirit off of you. Is begin to thank and praise God. Thanksgiving always brings the presence of God. You get what you thank him for. More of him. And he says the Ammonites, he says the seer, those that were invading Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites stood up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. So they fought each other. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they'd be helped to destroy one another. The men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looks toward the vast army. They only saw dead bodies. So they never even got down there where the enemy was. They were in a place of peace. They were in a place of safety. They were in a place where they worshipped God who turned the battle in their favor. Worshipping and thanking God will always turn the battle in your favor. I don't care what it is you're facing. Always turn the battle in your favor. 
It will always release you from the power of the enemy. It will always bring in the presence of God. It will usher in the presence of God. And where he is he fights for you. He's just not hanging around to be your pal. He's there to answer what you ask him to do. Took him three days to collect all the valuables off the dead bodies. Three days. Where they thought one day they would certainly be destroyed by now. After they petitioned God and followed his prescription. They were the victors and it took them three days to collect the wealth and the valuables that were being displayed. But they don't just go and start beating up on people. That's not what God's power is for. These people were threatened to be annihilated. And God came and defended them. It's been the same throughout the history of Israel. You see it now. They get threatened to be annihilated every time God raises up somebody to come to their rescue. I don't care if everybody in the world turns against his people. He'll do that. He does the same for Christians. Amen. He does the same for all of his covenant people. Amen. Father we thank you for the word of God that allows us to understand how to win. How to war and how to win. We thank you, Lord, for winning. We thank you for victory. We thank you for annihilating our enemies, not letting them prosper over us. And we honor you, we love you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just thank you. As the weather gets better, just lead us to people that you called us to pull into this place of worship so that they can get to know you and have hope and encouragement in this life. So we thank you, Lord. We honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And we pray for those who are lost. We ask you, Lord, to send labors into the harvest field to speak to these people and tell them the good news about Jesus Christ, how he can totally change their lives. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. Amen, amen, amen. And amen with the amen. I just need you to worship us. Just turn to your feet. Come on. Ooh.